If Murray had supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> America's first. Blubbity Blah, the Blubbity Blah. Sending out good vibes. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grimerica Show. Coming at you this week, one and only Chris Knowles from the Secret Sunblock. Uh, you guys all know who he is. I'm sure if you don't, prepare to be blown away. And you might want to even go back because we've had Chris on the show at least once or twice before and on our other show, Grimerica Outlawed, as well. Uh, I know it had been a while. Surprised at how long it had been since he's been on this show. There's probably a bunch of listeners listening that haven't heard the Last show with Chris, it's definitely one worth going back, taking a listen to. And uh, we got everybody's favorite podcaster, Graham, I get rattled on X Dunlop. I knew you were going to say something about that. Knew it, he knew. Yeah, well, that seems to be the, the battleground right now, you know, but I don't, I don't really like getting into it, but I don't know, some things, I just need to pipe up sometimes on, on stuff. But I mean, honestly, the shows that are on there, you're not really going to make a dent. I mean, you know, you might, you know, there might be some, I don't know, some comments and stuff and it's, but it's just so full of shells too. I mean, speaking of X, Chris Knowles is on X a lot. He's, he's got quite a presence there. I just do it for the lights out there. Um, he, a lot of times I just dump in, dude, I'll drop in my two cents and then leave mute the conversation. Yeah. So I don't even get the notifications and then I'll go back and check on my dumpster fire because I'm, as usual, I was picking on a Canadian politician. So, yeah. and you know, it's mostly bots. So it's like, I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't want to fight with the bots. Yeah, exactly. So Chris, Chris, it's interesting because he kind of pushes back on me on this episode. Like I try to push, I, I try to push my theories about the, the destruction of the hero's journey and about, um, Hollywood not caring about, um, money and revenue and, and pushing their message. Like he's, he's pretty much uh, dead set against me on all that. So it's kind of a fun little bit of arguing back and forth in a way. Like he's, you know, he's definitely disagreeing with me, which is, which is good. It's always good to disagree with gramectomy. Yeah. <laughs> so did you hear um, about the, the, the eclipse uh, before the eclipse? What did I hear about What's what? Going on? No, it's have like a science comment? article. Is it a comment? It a yeah, comment? yeah, the comment. This, uh, this is from Universe Today. I mean, if people, I don't know, if if space isn't fake and gay. I mean, the comet versus the eclipse. Twelve P slash Pons Brooks heads towards perihelion in April. So I guess twelve P is the twelve uh, periodic comet in the catalog. So we're talking about comet twelve P Pons Brooks set to reach the first of two perihelia for the twenty first century this spring. And the timing couldn't be better as the comet will also sit near the sun just two weeks prior 
during the total solar eclipse of April 8, 2024, spanning the North American continent from the southwest to the northwest. If the comet overperforms a long shot, but multiple outbursts in 2023 suggest it just might, we could be in for the added treat of the naked eye of a naked eye comet near the sun during totality. Wow. Oh, yeah. Dude, during totality, you get to see with the naked eye this Pons, what's his, what's it? Pons Brooks? Pons Brooks? down for that. I don't know. It's a fucking right the, the comet is at magnitude 0.75 with a bullet, well within range of binoculars. The comet will reach perihelion on April 21st. So here's like, they've got these sketches. Oh, there's the bullet sketch. Mm-hmm. On a 71 year orbit, just a tad shorter than Halley's, it can reach the fifth magnitude on a favorable apparition. The name but for the, the comet comes from, oh, yeah, we know that. What comet outbursts? What out, out, outbursts mean ah. for twenty twenty four? Oh my god! So it has a nucleus of thirty kilometers across. Mm. For context, Hale Bob had a nucleus of forty to eighty com- kilometers across. So That's what everyone killed themselves for. I think so. Yeah, was Hale Bob the? You know what I didn't know? Did you know those motherfuckers killed a bunch of those people? What? I don't know like there's like a third of the people that like I don't know chickened out or whatever decided they didn't want to drink the Kool Aid with their and with their purple the shoes or whatever with their these are with the with it's the not happened. I'm talking about the one where everybody fucking drank the Kool Aid, right? It and then some didn't want to, and then they're like, "No way, you're not getting out of here alive," kind of thing. Yeah, like, it turns out well, the biggest problem was people who didn't want to poison their kids. They were like, "Oof, I don't want to kill my kids." So, uh, and then, you know, this was causing problems. So they would just either, they had, they had already thought about that, I guess. And they had needles filled with poison. So they started just injecting people and, uh, yeah, even, I guess, just stabbing them and shooting them in some cases. Wow. That's crazy. But he got, it was like a third. So unless I'm wrong, but you know, that's what I read. It's it could be bullshit. It could be fake news. In the age of information, we don't yeah. know what's real. Yeah. So it, it's uh, April 6th to 9th is our eclipse at the canyon in Utopia, Texas, 2024, of course. So, I mean, wouldn't it be cool if we see this this comment here, too? So we're doing like a little festival. Everybody should should come. There's Everybody still should come. It's going to be the... Uh... Eclipse Festival of a Lifetime, for sure. There's a link in the show notes also from our website. You can get there or contact at the canyon as well. Contact at the canyon.com. Contact at the cabin mostly. There's, uh, oh yeah, sorry, contact at the cabin.com. But yeah, there's uh, music, guest speakers like Dave Matheson, Ben from Uncharted S, Ru- X, Russ Allen, Kyle Allen, Luke Caverns will be there. We're having Luke on the show next week. Next Tuesday. Yeah. So we'll, we'll pipe that up then, but you guys should come hang out with us. I mean, there's going to be a time. You won't get stuck in the traffic and uh, you get to hang out with some real cool people. So they ha- I heard they have extra body bags, but we, that won't be any of our people. So that's what, 
if you go to one of these other events, you could end up in one of those extra body bags they bought for the <coughs> Eclipse event. So that's why you want to come to ours. We'll be safe. We'll be fun. We'll be happy. Contact at thecabin.com. I have, uh, do you have any, do you have any make goods? Why would I have a make good from what? Or like the people who have been supporting the show for a while that said they were oh. show. Oh, those make goods. Well, that's not a make good, really. We didn't have any one-time donations. No, we didn't have any donations last week. So, but uh, maybe I mean it gives Shut us a chance. We are highlighting people that donate. So we'll read your name and that little note if you want. Send it to Graham at GrahamAmerica dot com. But yeah, I don't think we got any last week. No, that's okay. Maybe nobody's listening. Maybe. There's always that. But it seems like some people are listening. So if you are listening and you're uh, getting some value from our podcast here, head over to grandamerica.ca slash support today. Sign up for a monthly or make a one-time donation. Of course, the other exciting news is the audiobooks, which we do. You know, you guys are probably sick of hearing about the audiobooks. There's the audio podcast, Adult Brain Audiobooks. There's... Uh, Adult brain audiobooks. What did it say? It's slower. Adult. Oh yeah, because adult brain. Adult. A D U L T. Like not a baby. Yeah. A D U L T. A full grown human being. Adult brain. B R A I N. Adult. It's not adult brain. Idle brain. I said we've got a few. So adult. Like uh, what's that drug people take? Adam Adam Anyway, there's Adult Brain Audiobooks, the podcast. <clears throat> and now, of course, we have uh, the Adult Brain free audiobook YouTube channel, which is uh, now the place where you can slowly start to get all of our audiobooks for free. Of course, we'll have some ads with them. That's the catch with them being on the YouTube model. But uh, they'll be there, and you guys can get them for free. So it's a chance for people to get them who maybe can't afford those audiobooks all the time or don't want to do the podcast thing. That option is there if you want to share them with people. Hey, you guys, if you could just go there and give us a like or a subscribe or whatever that YouTube thing is, uh, this is our first chance of having a real YouTube channel that hopefully doesn't get, you know, it's not really censorable. We're not doing anything controversial, and uh, we think we could maybe do well with it. So if you guys could go share that with anyone who likes audiobooks, you're not even asking them to buy anything now. You just got to get it to them so that they can see if there's any books they like. So go to YouTube, Adult Brain Audiobooks, and uh, give us a subscribe. That's will be in the show notes, of course, but give us a subscribe. Tell your friends, and uh, yeah, big news. Support the show, though, guys. Come on. America.ca. Slash support uh, if you want to get mentioned, like Graham said. But, you know, liking and sharing those podcasts and the Graham America Outlawed podcast and the Adult Brain YouTube channel and all that stuff is just another way to help Graham America out. So if you're doing one of those things, we would love, for you, love you for it. Of course, you can also get Graham America Outlawed on Patreon officially now. we got, I think, 35 episodes. 
slowly chipping away at that back catalog probably by the end of the month or so have uh that current so i think we'll have it set up probably by march sometime so that you'll be able to support through patreon over there on the grand america outlawed patreon i think it's integratable they'll give you a podcast feed or it's integratable to spotify is the rumor so We'll see how that well that works. Of course, that's all for Grand America. We do have a Patreon too, the Grand America Show Patreon. If you want to support us there, for value for value work here, um, you know, six. Uh, I think this is episode six forty forty one, right? Six forty two. It's a lot. It's all free. Support it. America.ca slash support. So what's new? What are you rattled about? Tell us what you're rattled about. No, 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 no. It's not for this show. No, we'll talk about it in the roundup, maybe. And we're doing these roundups in Grimerica Outlawed. That's that's like sort of every Wednesday kind of thing. Depends on the week, but yeah. No, it's not for. I don't want to talk about it on here. All right. It's, it's about uh, you know fighting over the the jibby jab with some shills, basically. That's it. Graham has been radicalized. Graham radicalized him up, even though he has a pride flag in his backyard. I don't. That's just the dark side of the moon, dude. It's this Pink Floyd before there was, you know. It's exempt. It's exempt. Yeah. It's, it's grandfathered in. It's grandfathered in. <laughs> Shot a pheasant. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Wow. It's a big in your yard? Yeah. Let's tell us about the yard stories. Like, you've had a coyote. Wasn't there a coyote killing something or chasing something around in there? There's a coyote chasing a rabbit. In the yard. I didn't see that, though. I just got the video of that. I seen a video of a coyote. I don't know if that, like, I guess the pasture, in the pasture. It's not the yard. I feel like the yard ends at the fence, you know, the little oh, fence okay. with, the, with the grass. But it's on your, it's on the property that you have access on the, to. On the property. It's the pasture. So it's like the, the pasture. It's unkempt. But uh, yeah, still the yard, I guess, the greater yard. But yeah, they've seen a coyote. I didn't see, I've seen a video of a coyote chasing a rabbit. I have seen a few rabbits around. I'm wanting to set up some snares, but where do I catch a cat? Did you really? Did you see that video at all? The two dogs, the two big dogs chasing that rabbit through the fields? No, you not a while back. Oh, it was, it was amazing. They were just on the tail of this rabbit, but they could not catch the rabbit. And then I was blowing up some tannery again. I mean, yeah, for you must see the explosions in the chat on the compound. Yeah, that side is the compound side. I always tell the wife if I ever get arrested, it'll definitely be a compound and explosive materials and an arsenal. And yeah, yeah. Uh, a stash yeah. of ammo. Yeah, exactly. Or cash, cash. The stash or cash? What? Is it a stash ammo or a cash ammo? What do you have no, stash. I think. Yeah, I think, I think stash can be used for anything. So, what about the pheasant? Then, did you kill? You killed it on your property? Yeah, with a shotgun. Oh, really? Wow. We followed his footprints in the snow. Really. Where he was roosted up, and then when he got about, I don't know, twenty feet away, he flew. Shot him. Wow. Game over. Game over, nigga. Mm -hmm. He's in the brine right now. 
Nice. So uh, I'll probably eat them tomorrow. Yeah, put them in the pressure cooker for a couple minutes and bingo, bango. Be fucking eating some yard bird. They're pretty delicious. There's some bigger tracks too going around. Uh, the rabbits are just, I, I haven't seen them yet. I just, but I was just showing you before, I just bought that new gun. The, uh, it's the HMR 17. 17 HMR? One of the two, but it's basically like it's a, it's like a pellet gun with a Magnum fucking cartridge behind it. So it blows the 22 out of the water. So I should, you know, this will be the off the deck shooting rabbit, shooting grouse, shooting, because right now I don't really have a good gun for that. The shotgun's great, but its effective range is really only 40 yards or so. Especially with the number six shot, using number six shot, lead shot for bird, you know, maybe 50 if you're lucky, but your, your spread is pretty sparse by that point. What's the range on this other one here? Well, four or five hundred yards. I mean, further than you could see with the irons, for sure. I I haven't decided if I'm going to put a scope on it. I might. Just because the 22 is okay with just the irons, but uh, and just the irons is okay even for like like I just had. Well, I went to a red dot now, but I was just doing irons on my SKS, and if you were just shooting like people or deer or something like that, then it's no problem. Just shoot something with your irons at 200 yards. But it's the time. I, I have trouble seeing a fucking, seeing a rabbit at 200 yards. Like even yeah. just distinct, because it's not just like a white rabbit on a black fucking, it's not like the targets I'm shooting or like it's the silhouettes or the gongs I'm shooting. It's like, you'll just see it. If you see it out there, um, I have a hard time seeing it, period, without some magnification. In my in my old age, so but that being said, I could shoot a deer with some irons at a few hundred yards. It's a much bigger target when it's now you're looking at a little grouse on the ground. It's like the size of a deer's ankle. You gotta try and shoot that, and uh, well, hopefully with this new one because that twenty-two. I've been just using the kids' twenty-two, dude. It's purple, and it's like. Uh, Two feet long. It's very short. It's got a very short barrel. So it's hard to be accurate with it, I find, outside right. of 50 yards. And it's dropping off pretty quick, too. I mean, outside of 50 yards, the 22 starts dropping fast. And this new one's not supposed to do that. So it's a good gun for you. Yeah, it would be. It'd probably no, fit me. It's very, yeah, it fits you. It's very. Yeah. So that, be, that being said, you're very stout. You should be able to shoot any gun and uh, feel pretty <laughs> secure about it. Just nuzzle it into the, because that's the breast that didn't get reduced, isn't it? <laughs> nuzzle it into the right breast. Nuzzle it into your breast. And away you go. Just above. <laughs> and away you go. If you guys want to see the uh, those uh, tannerite explosions, I mean, I have a nice tannerite gas mixture now that, that does get a nice little Hollywood-style style fireball. The miss can shoot, too. She saw a couple, so she could outshoot you for sure. Hands down. But uh, the best way is to join the chats, grammarica.ca slash chats, or the Telegram, which is, uh, I think it's what, TM slash me or T slash me slash, it's in the show notes anyway. If you join our Telegram, it's just Grammarica. Yeah, it's, it's t, t dot, t dot me dot Grammarica, yeah. 
those are the two places that I tend to upload those videos uh, of us doing that kind of stuff around the ranch or the just the general ranch stuff. You get some ranch content there. So we should mention the gilded too. Did you mention that? Because Ryan, yeah, there's a link to the gilded in the show notes too. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's good times. Check that shit out. Sign up for that stuff. And uh, you can follow us there. Of course, we have, we're on Instagram. You can follow us my personal Instagram. If you can find me, Darren underscore Grimes underscore. Apparently, I'm hard to find. And uh, you have to like sign a waiver to follow me. So, not a waiver. I just ask if you're sure. Are you <laughs> sure you want to follow this guy? He's troublesome. So, I'm up to 110 Twitter followers on my new ghost account. So, if you need help, just uh, shoot me a DM and I'll come over and call someone a faggot or something. I cause I don't, you know, it's a, like a burner account for me. So I could like, dude, I got my burner account verified. How's the, how's the, um, how's the campaign to get your other account back? I mean, dude, I had this whole well thought out thing and it just, you know, they had, they held on to it a little longer than last time. I thought I might've got through, but then I just got the same peel back. Really? Well, yeah, and I don't think I think it was just a weird coincidence that they had it longer. Not that oh. someone it, but Shauna got me the uh, the mailing address. So, oh, good. I'm gonna take my thing. I've got done out has a whole Canadian charter of rights and freedom stuff in it. Right oh, to good. myself, and I'm gonna send that. And we'll see what happens. So good for you. Yes, yeah, are you gonna handwrite it or type it out or? I think I'll type it out. No one's gonna read my handwriting, dude. Yeah, I'll you can't. You're not. You're not very uh, nice He's handwriting. Like, what the fuck is this? I could shoot a deer a far away away. I can't write stuff around yeah. white people stuff. He's got oh. doctors' you know, own handwriting. That's right. I could have been a great doctor. <laughs> I feel like lawyers write like that too. Yeah, maybe it's buying his eye. So, anyway. My my burner Twitter account, people want to check that out, is Atlas underscore 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 shrugs. I was just suspended for 12 hours. So. What? Yeah. On Twitter? Yeah. Why? I said Hanje Yusuf. Hanje, I don't know what that means. H-A-N-G-E and then Yusuf. Y-O-U-S-E-F. What, and it said I was telling someone to kill himself. So, well, is that what? What does it mean? Is that what it means? I don't know. It doesn't mean that. No. No. It just kind of looks like that. Oh, they, what they I was going for. It's what I was. Down. It's what I was going for. But it's like it doesn't make any sense in any language. And they found it. Yeah, dude. What did they say exactly? They said. Uh, I'm suspended for 12 hours for encouraging self-harm, which means they know I was trying to say, hang yourself. Well, and, and, I mean, uh, you should have just said made yourself made, you know, made dude, that's what I should start saying. I'm going to try that and see if I get suspended. Yeah. Made yourself. Dude. Yeah. Oh, where were you? Like the other day. Well, I mean, we talk about made on every outlet almost. So. Because this is a dude that's talking about like, Overpopulation. That was the concept. Yeah. How just say you've people. been made. Like you've been people, made on the planet. So I'm just like Hanja Yusuf. Hanja Yusuf. 
dot a dot i dot d dot did i stumble into some weird incel stuff that that's like code and twitter knows it like maybe this is like a thing that everyone already knows about like that's like already code i was blown away that it would pick that up dude there's a chance that you wouldn't pick that up there's a chance that you took me a while for me to tell me there's a chance that if you like stumble across that on twitter you would just like you would just like be out of what the fuck this guy say you know you might not figure it out what are you typing it out yeah h-a-n-g-e y-o-u-s-e yusuf is a name bro Mm -hmm. the the ai picked that dude is instant instant so it's not like it got reported it was fucking an instant like hit send boop pop out comes up you're suspended it's your countdown starts that's crazy. 12, 12 hours that's after what did they pick out they must have just picked out h-a-n-g out of there and that was it like that one word that one four-letter word within another word yeah and you i don't know yeah it's crazy right how the fuck does it pick that up yeah you should just you know just talk government speak from now on just use made made, you know? made. oh dude that's good I mean, huh? You know, when a guy's or going to stop being mean, I guess, too. Who do they want to get rid of, though? If you're going off on Twitter about how there's too many people on the planet ruining the place, then who are you? If you don't aren't volunteering, then who are you fucking implying? Who is more special than other people, right? Is it Graham or is it, black people? is it brown people? Is it yellow human. people? Smart people, dumb people, other white people, short other people. than yourself. Definitely not short people. people. Is it short people? Is it fat people? Who is it? It's not you. I'm going to go back and try and made yourself. I better leave that one alone. I'll try on the next one. M-A-D. Hey, jug me kind of like Doug the Slug, the Indian terrorist uh, Canadian parliament member. Um, I was actually, dude, I'm working downtown again. So I was like walking through the plus 15s. I haven't been in a plus 15 in so long. Because the parking seems to have come back in a lot of ways. Yeah. Where I can park. Yeah. And, uh, stay and get, inside. Yeah. And, oh, but not have to stay inside. It's been a nice winter. So I haven't been using the plus 15s as much. I don't have a major downtown. Oh, park I see what you mean. Yeah. That doesn't have parking. <laughs> but today I just had to go check out a new lobby job. So I had to go through all the high rises downtown. And then uh, I forget what oh, I noticed there's not as much pink and purple hair anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. But uh, I had another point for that story and now I don't know what it was. I lost it somewhere along the way. Yeah, I can't remember either. I can't remember what you're gonna say. Usually I know where you're going with things, but I don't think I <laughs> was picking up what you were putting down. Oh all over the place. What were we talking about right before? Well, I yeah, that's what I can't remember. Really? The uh the maid and all that. Um Made and the too many people, and it does seem like there's too many people downtown. Anyway, maybe it'll come to me one day. Yeah, was it the overpopulation of downtown? Is that what it is? No, nah, downtown ain't bad. Okay, I don't know. It was busy. The plus fifteens were busy. All oh, this fat pussy. So everyone's just a docile look to him now. 
Oh yeah, it's it's, it's weird. It's weird. I don't know if it's just psychosomatic <laughs> that I think they're all sheep, so they start to look like sheep inside just to me, or if it's always been that way, or if it's from the shots, or if it's just my ego. But I just like you guys are fucking. I know you gotta be careful with that judgment, man. It's you know, it can be dangerous. It can. M e t h o d, man. All right, your bio. Well, Chris is a sibilist, synchro mystic, spellbreaker, Gen X, and loving it. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna read the the just a brief little thing from his Patreon: a guided synchro mystic tour through the postmodern apocalypse. Your go-to guide for the latest in emergent archetypal dominance and decoder rings to make sense of all the endless gaslighting and ritualism. The keys to health and death, occasional recipes and dog videos lightly seasoned with cringe-worthy dad jokes. So check it out. He's got uh, twitter.com slash secretsunblog and the secretsun.blogspot.com. Secretsun.blogspot.com. Check it out, guys. For now, enjoy the chat with the one and only Christopher Knowles. When did I do a show with Greg? I don't even it was, remember. It was, it was a couple, few months ago. But you know what? He takes a while to release too, but uh, we are actually live now. So um, the master of uh, synchro mysticism, Chris, welcome back. How are you doing? Doing great. Glad That's to good. be here. Yeah, I mean, love I love your work and uh, everybody loves your interviews. Uh, so we're really looking forward to it. Nice. I don't, you know, <laughs> I don't know where you want to start First, but I mean, I guess, you know, you've got a new book out and I heard you talking to Greg a few, I guess it was on, on THC a few months ago. You were going to kind of write like something about, uh, instructions toward, uh, missed, um, synchromysticism. So yeah, that book will be out in April. Okay. Synchromystic handbook. I'm working on it right now. It's coming pretty quick then. Um, well, it's not going to be a super long book. Um, it's a, it's a handbook. It's like an instructional book. I don't want if if I bog it down with too much information, people aren't going to use it. It's a yeah. book, like it's a handbook. You're supposed to use it. You're supposed yeah. to like. I want people to like sort of. I'm I'm actually considering printing it at a smaller size so people can just take it with them everywhere. Like they go. a real handbook. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, leaving because, in the glove love glove of your car or somewhere on the little toilet toilet book. Yeah, well, I'll tell you a secret. I um, I actually create books for people to read in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> that's why, uh, <laughs> you know, that's why I do these sort of anthologies. Um, 
you know, where you can just read a chapter and move on with your life. Right. You know? right. Or, and then, you know, and you don't have to like the next time you're on the can go, oh shit, what was I, what was I reading about? I, I totally forgot. So, um, no, I, I do like books that, um, people can read in chunks, yeah. you know, that people don't have to read all at the same time. And that's sort of a, you know, that's a reflection of my ADD, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. But no, so the Secret Mystic Handbook is going to be out in April and it's going to be, you know, it's not going to be a, a tome. The tome is coming in November because I'm writing a book called um, XF Ultra, uh, The X-Files, Conspiracy Culture, and the National Security State. And that, <laughs> what that book is going to be about is, um, you know, it's just going to talk about, you know, conspiracy culture and how it sort of culminated in the X-Files and, and then what happened afterwards. So it's going to be an X-Files book for people who, you know, aren't fans of the X-Files. It's going to be a lot of information in there. That aren't um, fans of the X-Files. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you can be, you know. Yeah, I, you can be. You know, it's yeah. a book for everybody. Yeah. No, but it's like, you, you, I'm not going to, um, you know, it's not going to be just filled with inside baseball and minutiae. Yeah, granular minutiae, as they say. Um, it's really going to be about conspiracy culture following the end of World War II and, you know, talking about human experimentation and <clears throat> the National Security Act and um, UFOs, you know, all the way up to things like OKC, the militia movement, um, shortwave radio, Alex Jones malicious i mean there's just going to be a lot in there it's going to be a tome but it's going to be you know in in my style it's going to be broken up into easily digestible parts but i i, I really you know i think it's a story that needs to be told because we really are in my estimation we are at the beginning of the fourth turning or yeah. whatever you choose to call it it's it's definitely started there's no denying it anymore um Things are changing. I, I, you know, I feel, and I, I know a lot of people disagree with me, but I feel that the um, the empire is not necessarily going to die, but I think it's going to be diminished. I think all these crazy plans that they cook up at the World Economic Forum are going to fail, uh, and and they've already started to fail. I mean, they cooked up the Ukraine war there, and look how that turned out. It, it's we're looking at a turning point in history, I think. And I, I, I'm optimistic in the long run. I, I think in the short run, there's going to be plenty of pain to go around for everyone. But I think in the long run, we're going to have a restoration of balance. Um, you know, cause to me, like the greatest evil in history is globalism. And all the things, all the bad things that have happened over the past 30 plus years have all been to serve the globalist project. So just think of how many millions of people have died to serve that project, you know, starting with the Iraq wars, um, all, all the, you know, Afghanistan, 9-11, I mean, you name it, up and down the line, all these things have been in the service of the globalist project, you know, which people used to call the new world order, the new world order is, is going to die and there's going to be a new new world order. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And and really what it was is um, it was hubris. And it, it was like kind of like the kind of, you know, you remember back, I don't know if you were ever in college, but you'd be in the dorm room with your friends and like smoking bong, you know, doing bong hits or whatever. And, oh, man, I'm going to, you know, like I have these plans and I'm going to, you know, conquer the world and all this kind of stuff. It's just like that type of stupidity that kind of sophomoric stupidity writ large i mean i i have nothing but contempt for these like davos people and i th- and i said i tweeted the other day that the biggest mistake they ever made was live streaming those conferences there because we all can see what a bunch of ninnies oh, they, have they to, are they have to turn their comments off i mean i was going to ask you if this was a recent confirmation for you like you know, they, they, none of these people can have comments on their social medias. I mean, ever, there's so They're many cowards. people now pushing back. And then you yeah. get to see what Alex Soros is. It Alex Soros is what his name is. The, yeah, I mean, Alexander how well, Soros. How, how well spoken he is. He's compared a, to, the, he's, I think he's, I think he might be functionally retarded. <laughs> um, you know, I think he's just really, you know, nobody is that poorly spoke. I mean, public speaking is hard. I mean, let's just face the fact. Yeah, but wouldn't he, you take some training if you're in his position exactly. and have all that money? Would you not figure it out? I mean, come on. No, he's stupid. You're going to go on the world stage and... And his father's stupid. I mean, people think that George Soros is this great manipulator. He's just a guy who had a lot of money through the usual unethical means and just, you know, was willing to part with it to achieve these pipe dreams he had. Yeah. Um. Because, I mean, it's a whole different story. But if you read his writings, it's it, it's almost like chat GPT level of just utter mediocrity, just unremarkable mediocrity. And a lot of people think that he's just fronting for other interests and other organizations as well, you know, which could very possibly be true. I don't know. Um, but the thing is, is that when we see these people, it's almost like, have you ever seen TEDx? You know, so they'd have they used to have yeah, TED oh, talks, yeah. right? Maybe yeah. they still do. But then they'd have TEDx, which was sort of like the second string, or sort of like the minor leagues, you know, sort of like the Bush League TED talks. And that's that's the love, that's the cal like to me, it's like even below that. So I don't know if you're a baseball fan at all, but you know, in the the minor leagues, it's like triple A, double A, and single A, you know. Um the, you know the farm system, as they call it. You guys, baseball fans at all? No, or? no. Okay. I, I, I used to be. I could like definitely talk baseball, and I played baseball most of my life. And well, so you might be familiar with that. So it's just like TED Talks to me is like the major leagues, and TEDx is like AAA. But this these idiots at Davos, it's like they wouldn't even make it if they if they did have this infrastructure and they had to like create their own brands as as the saying goes you know like you guys did nobody would want to listen to them nobody would care you know they're all just mediocritons they're all people who exist inside the system they know how to manipulate the system through just being completely unethical um just being backstabbing scumbags but they don't have any thoughts in their head all they all they are is just creatures of pure ambition but sometimes they're not even that it's like nepotism um, you know, they had rich parents, so they were placed in these positions. So I, I like I said, I think that, you know, you think we're, this is going to be this long drawn out process. I do. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't. I don't. 
I don't. I hope not. I mean, I hope not. I hope it's going to accelerate. You know, I mean, they look at Davos's theme was um, a bit rebuilding trust. So you, you, you don't think it's working? <laughs> yeah. Well, if, if you have to, if that's your theme that you have to, you feel you have to rebuild trust, it shows you don't have any, you know, uh, and like then nobody trusts you. And there's no rebuilding it. There's that was the theme, abs- right? I'm not. Yeah. I'm not there's there's no, yeah. there's no way that you can rebuild that trust. It's just, it's gone. You know how it is. I mean, it's just basic human nature. If somebody stabs you in the back or screws you over or has sex with your wife or something, you're never going to trust them again. You know, you just, you just not. And once trust is broken, it can never be um, rebuilt. But the other problem they have is that once fear is broken, you know, people used to, you know, you'd hear all these stories and conspiracy channels and so on. That oh my god, these people are all superhuman, super villains, and they all just like, you know, galaxy brain, two hundred IQ geniuses, and then we see them, and they're just a bunch of dopes. You know, because the system, the system actually actively discourages that kind of intelligence. It's not useful to them. They want people who are drones who do what they're told. You know what I mean? And yeah. intelligent people are going to question these crazy, stupid plans that they have. I mean, none of this stuff is going to work. You know, so much of it is reliant on supply chains from China and so on. And China's just like, they're, they're done. You know, it's just, they're done with us is what I mean. So, so were you connecting your X-Files, were you kind of connecting your sort of X-Files thing into this, into what's happening right now? Like, do you think that, let me, let me sort of think about do you think that that X Files, you know, created this conspiracy culture, and maybe it's like an egregore type thing or something? But That's it's sort of now snowballing to the point where they can't they can't control it anymore. I mean, we read, we narrated the two thousand eight uh, paper by Cass Sunstein on how to control how to how to deal with conspiracies. Right? It was really mm. fascinating, and they they used, of course, the examples of like nine eleven and all these JFK, like, but. You know, they they analyze how to how to deal with it. Do you do you uh, you go along with it? Do you sort of hijack it? Do you do you push back against it? And they sort of did this sort of analysis, but I don't think they can control it anymore. Is that what you're kind of saying? Or? Yeah, they can't. I mean, 2008 was might have been in just a completely different world because that's really before Facebook and Twitter and TikTok and all these things right. really really bit down. The problem, and this is see, this is the problem. <clears throat> So yes, I think that X Files had a huge effect in accelerating conspiracy culture. I I, I don't think I you know it used to be a very marginal thing. It was a bunch of guys, you know, in in the backwoods on their ham radios, whatever shortwave radios. It just wasn't mainstreamed. X X Files mainstreamed conspiracy culture. And it also mainstreamed the backlash against it. I mean, there's certainly backlash against it. But, you know, despite the the opinions that too many people have who, who have no experience with media. I mean, I have experience with media. I, I've worked in the media. I know the thinking. People who don't work in the media don't understand how it works, you know, how people think and so on and so forth. So with the X-Files, it's just like, People in the Rupert, Rupert Murdoch level, they weren't like, they didn't care. They Oh, well, this is going to start this whole conspiracy. It's like, they weren't even thinking that. They was like, is this show going to succeed or is this show going to fail? And by the time it became a hit and they start, the writers started really greasing the wheels with, with more, with deeper conspiracy material, 
it was too late to stop it. I, I would say an example where they did stop it, where they knew that, you know, they didn't want this to happen again was with Stranger Things. So the first Stranger Things to me, I think, is one of the most brilliant things ever produced for television. I, I think it's just an absolute masterpiece. I mean, I don't know how old you guys are, but I was like seven. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm your age. I'm I'm uh, I'm a Gen X. So. Okay. So, I mean, I was like 16 in 1983. And I, I, I mean, I'm just... It blows my mind how how they just capture it completely. Yeah. It's it's frightening, especially since those guys are young. But then the second series, you, you could just you know Gordon Gordon White, who you know, um, we were like, yeah, they got the talk because the second, third, and fourth series were just completely different animals. You know, they weren't talking about MK Ultra and all this kind of stuff. It you know. They sort of revisited that in the fourth series, but it was it was very X Men. It was very comic booky. It wasn't the, the way they handled it in the first series, where it's you know it's very dark and very real. They they clearly got the talk because you know I mean you know there's Soros again, there's Soros and Obama and all those people who have their their hooks in Netflix. They're not going to let that happen again. So so that you think that it slips through some of these things slip through a little bit, mm -hmm. and then they kind of have to look at it and reanalyze a little bit and somebody gets a tap on the shoulder. And then, so what about the last series of X-Files with, with the more recent one? Wasn't there like a mini series that came out when, when even on Fox's phone, you saw Harry Reed, Harry Reed texted him on the phone about UFOs. I mean, there's some real nods to real life ufology happening in that last series. So did you, is that part of your whole analysis or like, is that? It will be. Yeah. Because I mean, one of the things that's really interesting, because I'm really following just the way that mainstream media is just completely collapsing and, and the acceleration, Especially even recently, like last couple of days. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, you know, it's kind of like you build a rotten foundation and it sort of creaks and leans, and then it just finally collapses. That's, I mean, the mainstream media has been built on a completely rotten foundation for at least the past 20 years, and it's collapsing now, okay? But the interesting thing to me about that is that <clears throat> they were sort of at their height in 2016 because there was this whole resistance. You know, they were resisting Donald Trump or whatever. It was just, it was just complete nonsense. It's just total CIA psyops. But when that first episode of the the new X Files series aired, and they had I don't know if you remember, but they had this whole kind of speech talking about how the new world order was going to be instilled and everything, and they were going to set up an emergencies and have cyber attacks, and people won't be able to get food and all this kind of stuff. I mean, this whole litany. I mean, it really is a litany. It's it's not particularly well written drama, but um, it made its point. And I remember the next day, people were on. Fire. I mean, even Alex Jones was talking about it. People were like, they couldn't believe it because it was every every kind of hardcore conspiracy theory that was circulating in on the internet, like played out on television. And, when and was Alex, that? That was um, 2016. Oh, uh, it was. It was that yeah. long ago when the yes. last, and then holy shit. Okay, it was right. They aired that episode after the Super Bowl, so like 16 million people watched it. And the knives were out in the media. I mean, Time Magazine and the New York Times both wrote two articles trashing Chris Carter and attacking him and saying he's like this dangerous re reactionary and so on and so forth. And every review 
was just going after like what why are they giving credence to this marginal alex jones type of conspiracy theory i mean people were upset people in the me mainstream media were upset they really were um you know unfortunately for him they didn't really follow it on it you know that, that series that 2016 series was really bad but um wasn't People that the were, one where they had the contagion in the end too? And yeah, 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 yeah. The, yes, 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 yes. The uh, the outbreak, but see, but that had been um, that had been a plot point in the series since the very beginning. Yeah, the whole idea of like the the, the viral apocalypse and so on. So. Um, but people were like people. I just remember like if if you were tuned into the conspiracy, which you know. It, everybody was watching Infowars back then, whether you liked Alex Jones or not. I mean, you, you went and checked him out, right? And this is before Drudge sold out and, um, you know, just that whole network. There was just a, kind of like a network of, of you know, almost quasi-mainstream conspiracy channels and so on. And everybody was just like, they couldn't believe it. And And, and I just remember, like, people were on fire. And they just... The media, like I said, just went after it, hammer and tongs. They're just like, no, this is not going to happen. This is not going to fly. And in that series in 2018 that referring to the last season, I mean, they did, they did like an MK Naomi plot line. They did like a spirit cooking plot line. <laughs> um, they did uh, a thing on the Mandela effect. I mean, they were sort of going for the gusto, but they had to sort of leaven it because Hollywood just would not allow anything that might be seen as sympathetic to Trump or sympathetic to anyone who's not completely, completely subservient to the party, you know, the, the capital P party. You know, the party is all, the party is a cult. And if you question that, if you question the CIA. I mean, it's amazing to me, like being somebody who was very much on the left in the eighties and nineties and just seeing like everything that I thought was left suddenly became alt-right. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah. how did that happen? <laughs> you know? Everything that I like anti-war, anti-surveillance, free speech, uh, you know, up and down the line, constitutional rights just became alt-right somehow and and this is see but this is this is the sickness in the system that it can't even maintain its own internal logic and that's why it's going to collapse right you know so how do you i'm not think saying it's going to be easier i think i think it's going to i think it's going to happen in about in, in a period i'd say about five to ten years that the current regime the current power structure you know don't forget how old the people at the top of the pyramid are. Biden, Soros, Kissinger just died, uh, Nancy Pelosi. I mean, even Trump is old. I mean, all these people are so old. And you just feel it. Like, we are just so weighted down by old energy, you know, with the, you know, like boomer energy. The entire culture, the entire world is just being pinned down because these people, these boomers and so on, were never willing to, to, to just retire and, and pass the torch on. 
because the, it's such, you know, the me generation, that's what they called it back in the 70s, just completely narcissistic, self-involved generation. And, um, you know, they didn't leave things, you know, it used to be like you would leave, you know, in your will, you'd leave your, your house to your kids, things like that, you know, inheritance and so on. And the boomers just like, oh, screw this. We're just, you know, Hugh dies with the most toys wins kind of thing. I mean, it's a sick, evil generation. Um, just more sick and evil. I mean, not not that, you know, humanity itself is not rather depraved, but they were just, you know, just the worst. And it, I don't blame, I don't see this is the thing, I don't blame them because they were brought up with the mass media. And the like the, the mass media is definitely almost dead okay the mass media is almost dead but people forget how powerful and how pervasive and how insidious it was i mean like in the 70s and 80s you mean or earlier than that yeah 60s, 60s. I, well, you know, here's a here's the thing all right so i'm old right i'm an old dude and um i remember when i was a kid i mean we were we were poor so but we had a, a black and white tv that was just VHF channels. We didn't even get UHF channels on it. Just black and white TV. And you got two, four, five, seven, and 13. So it's five channels that we could get. And there was like channel nine, but that was up in New Hampshire. So that's it. That's all you got. And then, you know, VHF, there were three channels. So it was basically like eight channels that you had to watch. Three networks. My channel nine was just like some words on the screen, and then it would play different radio stations. It was like different public announcements that weren't even from my town. It was from like, I think it was from Kenora. So it was from the town that was like three hours away. And then just, you know, like the local billboard. And then it would play just the radio stations from around Canada. Yeah. But yeah, I started with three channels. And then, you know, I think, you know, by the time I was, 18 there was probably by that time i'd probably broken loose and you could get satellite and stuff like that but up until i was 13 or 14 there wasn't a lot of tv options out there i was probably about 13 when the satellite dishes started and that's kind of what opened it up before that it was the same thing it was like a progression from three channels to four channels to you know i think we got like the first 12 channels and then we didn't get any till 18 and then eventually we got much music that was channel 22 and, you know, you're all excited about it, but when you look back at it now, it's just like, it was the beginning of the end. Well, see, I didn't watch much TV at all in high school because I was, I mean, I was pretty wild. I was in the punk rock scene and I was in Boston a lot. Uh, you know, I was running around. I was total pothead. I, I mean, I was just not a, not an upstanding citizen, but. I also wasn't home a lot to watch television. You know, I just didn't care. And, you know, plus there was nothing really that good on, after, you know, after, besides Hill Street Blues. Um, so you went out and did stuff. You probably, you know, probably the same thing with you guys. You went out and, you know, we built forts. Oh, yeah, we were free-range kids. I mean, we were free-range. Oh, free and we'd play with all the kids in the neighborhood of different ages, and everybody would figure shit out. And, and it was just, uh, you know come home yeah. come home when it's dark or whatever and but i think but i think what you're getting at is that there there were there was a channel like a really narrow channel for adults 
during that time, the boomers, our parents to, 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 of reality of, of their vision of reality was just molded by five channels on TV. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the thing too, is that there was a lot of, there's a lot of printed information. Um, you know, news, you'd go into a newsstand and there'd be at least like a, you know, good sized newsstand would have like a thousand, at least a thousand magazines available. And, um, but, you know, most people didn't really take advantage of that. You know, they, they read, maybe they read Time or Newsweek or something, which is all just CIA crap anyway. So they were just part of, of a generation that was, you know, mind controlled. And, and, you know, learning all the techniques that they sort of perfected during the war and the cold war and everything. So, like I said, I don't, I don't blame them per se. I mean, everybody is sort of a, a captive of their circumstances, but they did a, a piss poor job at training up the younger generations. Yeah. yeah. I mean, live in large. Yeah. Well, yeah. The me generation, you know, um, I just remember in my neighborhood, even though the parents, most of the parents in the neighborhood, like my mom was a boomer and she had me when I was 20, but most of the parents were, were much older. But for some reason in the 70s, they just like all the parents, at least in my area, just decided en masse to just let the kids run free while they, you know, went to discos or TM meetings or I don't know, wherever the hell they went. Uh, key parties i don't even know where the hell they do exactly that it's like you read my mind (laughs) so um yeah i mean we just we we had no supervision you know and and i was an incredible truant um just could get away with it so why would i bother going to school if i didn't have to go <laughs> and finally they busted me um and and every time i was absent they would call my mother but you know i took advantage of it and um but the thing is that there was no structure in my life and most of the kids i knew there was no structure because the older generation just did, didn't care like they were just so involved with themselves and so involved so in love with the feeling of the youth that they could not let go of it. You know what I mean? And I don't know if it was like this in Rome or whatever, you know, Han China or Baghdad or, you know, whatever ancient collapsed civilization or collapsed empire you can name. But, um, I mean, that was the beginning of the end because there has to be continuity. I mean, you have to, you know, I was a, a terrible son, but I was a good parent. You know, and all my, you know, all my kids went to school and they've got good careers and good jobs and stuff, um, you know, because I sort of learned those lessons. But the point is, is that the boomers just did not, did not do it. They didn't. But take- didn't we, don't we, didn't we appreciate that freedom? Like that doesn't Gen X appreciate that freedom now, but are, well, I or, did. or what are you, what are you saying that the, the, the majority of the Gen X didn't raise the millennials now and in, in turn, like. It just sort of tri- trickles down. Know. Like, are you blaming the boomer generation for this trickle down effect of like where I'm not blaming the generations? Right no, I'm blaming the culture. I'm blaming. Yeah. I'm blaming the society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly the the brainwashing you know I mean? that was happening. Yeah, yeah. Well, because, speaking of that, 
society that's breaking down. I mean, you're like the pop culture guy. You've read all the books. You've seen all, all the shows. You've seen all the movies. Who nailed it? Who's got like who got the breakdown right? Who got it the closest? How do you see this happening in the short term and then in the long term? Because I I agree with you on all fronts. I'm pretty sure, and I think it's like where Graham says it's going to happen slow. I think it is going to happen slow, and then it's going to happen fast. But the thing is, it's been happening slow for a little while. So when it starts to happen fast, it's going to seem like it's weird until. Like, you know, 20 or 30 years from now, when you look back, it's going to be like, oh, yeah, you can see, like, that's where it started. That's when it, like, really started breaking down was right there. Well, I'll tell you why I think it can break down quickly. Um, One of the things that I've said, you know, I said on Greg's show, I've said on a number of different shows, is that people don't understand that the U.S. Navy runs the world. Okay. I'm talking about, like, the actual... On, you know, boots on the ground. I mean, where the rubber hits the road. I'm not talking about people in banks or whatever. I'm saying the U.S. Navy keeps the shipping lanes open, you know, and they protect shipping from piracy and so on. And they they did so for 80 years. You know, they did a good job at it. They did a good job at keeping world trade going, keeping the ships moving, keeping the pirates at bay. Um, keeping the lid on UFOs. Well, yeah. that was like the whole thing at the end of World War II. That was the deal that the U.S. Navy was gonna do. Yeah, well, that's that's exactly right. The U.S. Navy basically guaranteed, um, right, you know, safe passage for shipping. Now, you've probably seen what's going on in the Red Sea with the Houthis, right? And the Houthis are um, holding up. Uh, you know, I mean, mostly ships, ships, US, UK, and ships doing business with Israel. Now, the US has been bombing the crap out of them, but we were bombing the crap out of them for years. Okay. I mean, the, the Houthis have been just been, they're like, you know, it's like uh, survival of the fittest kind of evolutionary theory in action because they've been like, getting the brunt of it for a long time and they don't give a fuck they don't care they're like we are gonna we're gonna shoot missiles at your ships we're gonna shoot missiles at you you know you can bomb our tents because we're all we're all in these underground tunnels anyway we don't care um that is like the fremen yeah exactly like they they are kind of like the fremen and, and like the u.s navy is like the um harkonnen right and see this is a very serious point in our history and we don't realize it because this is this is the um the proving ground for fourth generational warfare i don't know if you guys are familiar with that term but it's like it's where warfare is asymmetrical um you know that mobile portable um military units rather than these huge armies and these huge ships and these huge planes and everything i mean just sort of like hit and run groups yeah 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 you know, and just centralized yeah yeah just like just like the fremen right I and mean, they Jews, and they can be maybe because of technology nowadays i mean if everybody has exactly. a phone, some kind of activation device they can do they can go wherever they want they can also go into the southern border they can go into 
the UK and Germany and Europe and you know yes. whatever they want. But the the drones, the drones are a total game changer. Yeah. Um, well, because- it, it, just before before you finish off about the drones, I I, I want to make a point about the 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 ships and the navy and that because what happens usually with these false flags at Star Wars, it's a lot of times it happens on a ship, right? A ship was attacked. Mm-hmm. And you kind of know this is different this time because they didn't, they, you know, people have been saying, oh, they, they're war hawks. They want to go to war. Well, they had their chance to, to, to make a big deal about these ships getting attacked and go to war. Like officially, like put it in the media. They're attacking our ships. This is war. We're in the war. Like, but for some reason they're scared or they're not wanting to put it out there in the public eye that we're going to war. We're being attacked. We're going to attack back. Like there's something weird going on where they're just allowing it to happen. Um, well, it's it's the but that's the changeover, you know. It's yeah, part of the fourth yeah. turning. The drones, like I said, are a huge game changer. But like anti ship missile technology has really improved. Um, both the Russians and the Chinese have what they call carrier killers. So what's what's happened now, even before things have re- really even heated up, is that all these carrier groups and battleships. Are basically, I don't want to say they're scared per se, but they're very cautious about staying out of the range of all this ordinance. Okay, they're very cautious about staying away from these carrier killers, these missiles that the Russians have developed, and all these other types of missiles, but also these drones and so on. And I was, re- you know, I was reading about this in. I think it might have been, it was definitely like some sort of military industrial complex magazine. I forget exactly what it was, but they were saying, you know, the big problem is, is that the Houthis will send this missile that they spent $200 to build. And we have to shoot up a million dollar anti-missile missile to take the thing down. And that's the asymmetry there is that they can, do that all day long. They can just send whatever the hell they got because it's cheap and it's fast and it's easy to make and they just send it over. And we've got these, you know, like these Patriot battery batteries and, you know, the Israelis have the iron, iron dome, dome and all the stone and, and all this and all this kind of stuff, you know, which is relatively effective, but it, it really gets to the point that you just kind of like swatting it flies. And um, it's very, very expensive. It's very, and I think the money is going to run out. I really do. I think that what is going to happen is that I don't know if it's going to be Biden or if Trump gets in, whoever is just going to be like, we can't do this anymore. We're just going to have to write the Red Sea off now until we have some sort, you know, until we have some closure with the situation in Gaza. I mean, it, it's just, it's just a write off. But aren't they prepared just, for all this when they're, I mean, no, they're, 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 they're not. Like, That's the thing. Like they're, they're not prepared for it. That is, I mean, you, we see it. We see it now. They're not prepared for it. We've always, see, this is the problem. And I, I just bring this up because I'm always arguing with, you know, people, particularly like in the conspiracy field, is that there's always like, oh, there's got to be something. It's always like the cans always kick down the road. You know, when we see this failure after failure among the regime and the empire, well, you know, there's got to be something. They've got to be hiding something. They've got to have like UFO technology. Yeah. <laughs> these hangers or something or just something. And it's just, no, it's, it's, you know, what you see is what you get. I mean, if they had this kind of technology, believe me, they would have used it a long time ago. Um, they would use it just to completely nail down the new world order. Um, why would you allow 
Russia to just build millions of shells all night and day that you know you can just lob at anyone. And believe me, those make a lot bigger difference than all these high-tech systems that they have. You know, why would they allow that to happen? Why would they allow Ukraine to just be just bombed to shit, right? Why why would they do that? I mean, that like I said, that was George Soros's project. That was his pet project. He's like, we're gonna use the Ukrainians to um, take down Putin and take down the Russians. His project, all, you know, so the entire infrastructure for some reason, don't ask me why, goes along with it. But it's like, it's failed. It has failed. And, you know, they failed in Afghanistan. Look what happened in Afghanistan. I mean, how humiliating could it possibly get? Where, like, not only do they leave under pressure, but all this military equipment is left behind. You know, that that equipment's going to be used against us or our allies in the future. You you can just take that to the back. You might be getting shot at your shipping boats right now. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, we we grew up, and, and like I said, the boomers, and we grew up with Hollywood, right? You know, we grew up in like kind of the golden age of Hollywood, you know, like I was going to see movies. I mean, I saw Star Wars when I was 10 years old. Oh, yeah. I saw um, it. In the, I saw it in a drive through. I was on a swing set in the drive through in Montreal. Like, I mean, that's that awesome. Was, that's yeah. awesome. But I mean, I remember like all the all those great movies. I mean, I remember like 1982 was like one great movie. It was like E.T. and Poltergeist and Conan and Road Warrior and Blade Runner and. It was just like you just your head was spinning because it was just like you couldn't believe how great everything was. Um, but well, not only like that, you're being introduced to a lot of crazy concepts and ideas, you know. Like, well, exactly, not, there's not really a lot of that, nothing anymore. I mean, the last time I can really remember something like that was probably Interstellar, and it was like a depressing one, it was like a depressing. Well, that's see, but that's like when you start to realize that. You know, you just because you had these great plans doesn't mean you're going to be able to carry them out. But we were so conditioned by science fiction to think that, like, oh, well, there's got to be something, you know, like the cavalry is going to come riding in with some super technology at the last minute. Just like when things look hopeless, because that's Hollywood, you know, that's aliens in 1986. Right. Um, it's just not the way the world really works. And I'll tell you when I really first started to wake up to this. I might have, I don't know if I told you the guys this story before, but I remember back in 2011, it was, it was Halloween, it's October, and it had been really warm that month. So like the trees, all, you know, the leaves were still on all the trees, but then all of a sudden the weather changed and we had this massive snowstorm and it was a really wet snow. So what had happened is that all these trees started falling because they couldn't handle the weight. All these branches started falling. And I remember I was out there with my son and we're, we're trying to hold up this tree from crashing into my wife's car. You know, the thing is like leaning like this and we're doing all that we can do. Luckily the roots sort of kept it up. We're doing all that we can do to keep this, my wife's car from being crushed. And um, I'm, I'm out there and I'm hearing these branches snap. And it, it sounds like, like, uh, d-day or something it sounds like just bombs going off that's this and i'm thinking why don't they stop this and, and i go i, I stop myself for a minute it's like who who is going to stop what how are they going to how are they going to stop this is this some kind of technology 
that's going to melt all the snow instantly. Like, why do I think these things? And I started to interrogate that. And I was thinking, it's because of Hollywood. <laughs> you know, it's because of comic books and Hollywood and television where it's like, we we just, our science has no limits. We we are gods, you know? And if we don't, if we don't have this godlike technology in our public view, it's because they're hiding it for some reason. Well, they're and- maliciously hiding it. And they sure utilize that with QAnon and Trust the Plan. I mean, to take it to the next level over mm-hmm. since since Trump came in. I mean, it was taking that and then saying, okay, it's okay. There's going to be the White Hats and Trust the Plan. But you were getting, you were going to go towards the U.S. Uh, the U.S. Navy runs the world, and and the, that's going to be the acceleration is going to happen because we have to. Well, leave the, that I, I mean, I said, or, well, that's what I was saying. I mean, I was saying that you know the U.S. Navy was seen to be impervious, but now they're not. Because there are all these equalizers now, you know, like, anti-ship like drones? missiles, yeah. drones, anti-ship missiles, you know, the carrier killers. They're all there's all these tools now. You know, you might not be able to sink these ships per se because they're pretty big and pretty rugged, right? But you can damage the hell out of them. You can poke holes in them. And you know, the Navy spends what, a billion and a half dollars on an aircraft carrier? Do you think they want one of those things to get sunk? I mean, maybe even more. It's probably even more than that now. It's probably like $5 billion. Who got, you know, who knows? I don't know. But do you think they want those things to get sunk? You know, and a few years ago, I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was this huge fire at the Naval Yard in San Diego and like brand new ships were destroyed. So, you know, there isn't like a, it's not like there's a toaster oven where you can just pop out a new ship. Those things take like a long ass time to build and you need skilled labor. I mean, Darren and I have talked about, you know, the collapse and, you know, he was talking about in construction, you know, like the fact that these people coming into construction can barely wield a hammer. You know, there, there are limits. And if you don't, you know, keep planting those seeds for the future. Eventually, this, the fields are going to go barren, and that's that's why I think it's going to collapse quickly. Because all the preconditions we've sort of been cruising on inertia, and all the preconditions for, you know, if not outright collapse, then certainly an existential crisis. You know, with the empire, are all in place. They're all in place, every single one of them. And it's just a question of of how they're going to play out. You know, I don't think it I don't think it can be stopped. I think it's going to be quicker than we can imagine. But I also think in the long run it's going to be a better thing because we shouldn't be stomping around the world, conquering other people's planets, uh countries and taking the oil and all this kind of stuff. The United States and Canada has everything that you could ever need forever. <laughs> No, yeah, we have exactly. more, we, you know, the United States and Canada has more oil and gas than the rest of the world combined. Okay. We have rivers, we have huge abundant Ag- agriculture, agriculture. We have you know, wheat fields as far as the eye can see, corn fields, uh, cattle grazing. We don't need the world. We just don't need, and there's nothing that the world can offer us that we can't make ourselves. You know, I mean, automation, I mean, we don't need to send all the labor out to these slave camps in China anymore. Um, so that's why, I mean, I, I am hopeful that 
you know, it's going to be painful, but it's kind of, I, to me, it's like the, the metaphor that I use, it's like globalism is a cancer, okay? It's a cancer on the, the body politic. And we need to, you know, get it out. Chemotherapy, radiation, surgery, whatever. We need to get that cancer out of the body politic. But I think at the other end, you know, well, I think our odds for recovery are excellent because look at, look at, you know, we could just close, we could just shut off the entire world, right? Yeah. North America is like uniquely positioned to just keep going on. Canada's got the fertilizer. You guys can make the food and like protect our shores. And, you know, well, unfortunately for Mexico, they'll probably get turned into the new sort of quasi China. Well, you well, that's been going on for since the. I mean, that's the reason they put Clinton in. They put Clinton in because Bush couldn't get NAFTA passed because there was a Democratic House in Congress and they didn't want to pass NAFTA or the GATT, all these New World Order treaties. They, you know, the Democrats were a much different party back then. The Democrats were still a working class party back then, or there was still a substantial working class contingent in the democratic party that's all gone now now it's just urban liberals right that's all the democratic party is um you know working class i mean even um <clears throat> even hispanics are turning against the party now so um that's why they put clinton in but all that stuff i mean that's been happening to mexico for a long time um and you know maybe it will continue to do so, but uh, that, that you know that that's the breaks, I guess. I don't know. So so is is another. I mean, I hate to switch gears. I, this might not be switching gears too much, but I mean, you've written about the collapse of Hollywood too. I mean, and mm. that's one of your your book. So is that help you in this this thinking? Because I mean, you've seen it happen in Hollywood. We're sort of seeing it happen now. You know, it it it, it is a, a parallel. I mean, it's. The, yes, it's, it's well, been a woke. It's been a woke collapse, and that's part of the problem with the global thing too. Is it's the, it's the clamping down on free speech, the SDGs, the DEI. That's just pe- people are just not having it anymore. Yeah, it's pissing people off. But it, it's it, that's all that came about because of all the free money. So there was all this free money. So it's just like, well, we got to like hire a bunch of people, and they just started hiring all these people for like human resources and all this kind of stuff. I, I think and diversity offices and so on and i think human resources is an abomination human resource resources used to be called personnel so it used to be about persons and then it became about resources you know you're just a resource you can be discarded at will um i'll tell you a thing about hollywood um for the past well not for the past because it's been a long time now but from 1995 to 2020 i was a freelancer from marvel and starting around 20, 2008, most of the work I was doing to, and up until 2020 was for the movies for Marvel Studios. I was creating artwork for it. Um, the division that I worked for doesn't even exist anymore. It's yeah. gone. Okay. And uh, my boss is retired. I mean, he's not much older than I am. I think he's like, early 60s and he's living the life of riley i mean he's he's like a he's big into hunting and fishing and he's living down in florida and he looks great he's like all fit and tanned he's he's just living the life i'm sure they gave him a nice severance package and now he's down in palm beach just living the life 
Um, but my, the entire industry, the entire um, division that I worked for for 25 years of my life doesn't even exist anymore. They shut it down. Okay. Now there are all these videos that you can watch on YouTube where all these, these kind of fanboys go into the stores and none of the Marvel stuff or the star Wars stuff or any of that stuff sells anymore. And it's been a while. And I don't know if you guys had toys R us up there, Yeah, but toys R us. It's still open somehow. I don't know. It's been closing for years. It's like the, been closing for like five fucking years now, but that shit is still there. I'm always like, wow, when you go in there, they don't really have much. Well, they're gone here. I mean, I think they have staged some online stuff, but you know, that's might as well just be gone. Um, Toys R Us died because they went all in on that first uh, Force Awakens Star Wars um, sequel. Problem is, is that, I mean, that film did all right, it did pretty well. Kids didn't like the toys. Because there were, you know, like female leads and so on and stuff. They they just didn't like that stuff. I mean, because that stuff is for young boys. So if you're trying to push, you know, the social engineering project, which is all insanity and stupidity anyway, and while we're going to get the boys to play with all these girls' toys, you know, these action figures, these sort of transified action figures, boys just they just they are so such creatures of instinct. They're like no. And there's no reason, you know, you can't like sort of use rhetoric or rhetoric on on an eight-year-old boy. He's just like, no, that's stupid. That's got a girl in it. I don't want that. You know, I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, you you were a boy. I mean, you know, I raised two boys. I mean, I know what they were like. They didn't like anything that, any toys that had any type of like medicinal whiff to them like they were supposed to be good you know this is a they hated all the science toys and all this kind of shit that you know aunts would get them you know like oh this is good for them it's going to teach them it's like that stuff they didn't even break the plastic on that stuff so that's what killed star wars um the, the thing that has been keeping disney studios afloat for you know for, it did so for about 12 years was Marvel. Marvel was the only franchise that was way in the black, like way in the black. I mean, just licensed to print money. But then they said, oh, I know what we'll do. Let's get woke. Let's, let's, let's make, you know, let's uh, sex change and race change all these characters and, and do all this kind of stuff. You know, never mind the fact that they tried that in the comics and it was a spectacular failure. They did it in the movies and they just, they committed suicide. They killed their own brand. And interestingly enough, like the worst expression of this was the Eternals movie. And that was the last thing I worked on. I just, like I said, stopped calling me because there was no work. They shut the division down because there was no work because nobody wants the shit anymore. Nobody wants, um, Cap Captain Marvel toys, you know, resting bitch face toys was <laughs> you know, that actor. Could they find a, a, a more unpleasant actress to play that role? Um, they just completely destroyed their own brand because they were so high in their own supply and so drunk on success that they're like, let's keep rolling. Like they're the guy at the, the table, the crafts table, who doesn't know when to stop throwing the dice and loses his shirt. Because he, he can't he can't help himself, and that's what Marvel did, 
and they're dead now. It's a dead brand. Um, they are losing money hand over fist. Hollywood is losing money hand over fist. But do they care though? I mean, I feel like they care. Oh, believe me, they fucking care. Believe me, they care. Uh, you know, I'm telling you something. I hear this so much. It's well, like, oh, I don't no. think it's about the ratings. It's about the message. They want to push that no. shit no matter how yeah. much it costs. No, you know, no, because they don't have unlimited supplies of money. They just don't. You're, you're going to see a turnaround because, all right, so there's still all this woke shit in the, in the pipelines. But, you know, the way this works is that, I mean, you can have movies made. It takes a long time. Yeah. It takes, you know, 10 years ago, there was, they were like 10 years ago, the contracts were written up for them and they, they're obligated to put the stuff out. But it's, it's it's over, man. Well, they it's have over. canceled some of it, right? I mean, the, the, they've they already made stuff and they've it. canceled it. So yeah, uh, they they are trapped. It's the devil in the deep blue sea because they brought in all these angry lesbians, let's just say, um, and andro androphobe androphobic people. Um, you know, nothing against lesbians per se, but they brought in hardcore activist feminist types who hate men and oh. want to want to demean men. And okay, well, you know, um, maybe that's not a good idea when you're spending $250 million <laughs> on a motion picture. When, when men's make- like 80, 70, 80% of your audience. I mean, that, that one of the ladies recently just said, oh, we've got to make men uncomfortable. I like making men uncomfortable. Like, okay, good job. So. <clears throat> try to make a movie and make men uncomfortable and see what happens. Yeah, it's it's over. It's over. I'm telling you something. A lot of these projects that they, they have going on now are going to be canceled. Um, everything is failing left and right. Everything that Marvel, the only thing that Marvel made this past year that did well at all was Guardians of the Galaxy. And that was like the last ones. And the guy who made it went over to DC. So they're screwed. It's over. It's over. And yeah, when the money is flowing and the credit is free, you can be about the message. When it becomes about keeping the lights on, forget it. I mean, Disney stock is in the toilet. There's all this internal fighting. Um, but like I said, they're they're captive to the culture. They're captive to their people inside who are all activists who are all woke as hell but the problem is that they're not talented and the deep blue sea that's the devil the deep blue sea is the mass audience that just is not interested in this stuff um they said i you know we're going to make this movie for women this marvel's movie right 80 percent I think it was 80% of the audience, even for that movie, was male. Women weren't interested in it. They don't want to see that stuff. They don't they want to see Barbie. They don't want to see these um or rom-coms. I hear they're bringing back the rom-coms, right? It's all it's all engineering, it's all elite people who live in bubbles their entire lives. And hang on to these you know what are essentially boutique belief systems political you know luxury political beliefs and they have no set because they've never wanted for anything in their life they've never suffered ever in their lives they've lived lives of just 
un, unimaginable privilege. They have no they have no sense of reality. Can 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 you talk about the the sort of getting rid of the good versus evil type thing? The hero's journey. The the I mean, they're even doing it in Dungeons and Dragons too. Like, there's no more. They don't want inherent evil, and that's kind of like uh, it fits sort of with what's happening. You know, with the globalists. Like, where you're saying that's the ultimate evil. Well, they don't even want to acknowledge that evil's a thing. I mean, and I think unless, unless it's the, white men, you know, well, that's, yeah, yeah. they're okay to be evil. Yeah. No. Well, yeah. The thing here's the thing. Never mind all the woke stuff. Let's you know. Let's put that aside for a moment. I mean, that is a huge problem. But the other problem is just oversaturation. And how many story? How many time can you tell these stories? Um, Batman does not need another story. You know, another film. There's nothing new to be said about Batman. You know, he's been around since the late '30s. There's been a brilliant comic book stories written about him. TV shows, cartoons, movies, books. What else can be said about that character? It's like they squeezed all the blood from the stone that they were ever going to get. And well, you can get more out of out of the 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 the, the, the mythologies, you know, like the hero's journey. You can can't no, get more out of no, that. I mean, no, isn't no, that that it's resonates? Been done. No, it's been done. I'm telling you, it's over. It, there's nothing more to be said. You know, it's like you know, I'm telling you, like 1982, like. Blade Runner, Conan, I mean, all these like, oh my God, he couldn't believe it. But it's just like, that's a finite resource. One thing that I wrote about in The Endless American Midnight is I said, myths are not forever. Yeah. yeah. Myths are not eternal. Okay. And 100 years ago, we had a completely set of different set of myths in the culture. I mean, that would be like the pulp heroes and the, you know, the sort of these, uh, Penny Dreadfuls and so on, you know, all these kinds of, you know, as detectives and Westerns predominantly. Um, People don't remember those characters anymore. There were all these huge comic strips that dominated the culture. I mean, like, well, I mean, we know about things like Peanuts, but, you know, before that, there would be Blondie and Bringing Up Father and the Cats and Jammer Kids and Moon Mullins and Crazy Cat and Little Nemo. Does anybody know? Anything like most of your, most of your audience probably doesn't even know what I just said. You know, like, was he just yeah. saying like just weird syllables? You know, because nobody remembers those characters anymore. Nobody remembers Flash Gordon or Buck Rogers, and nobody remembers the Phantom. Um, myths die because they they speak their peace. Okay, superheroes speak their peace. That mythology spoke its peace. The you know technology, social media, and all these kind of things. You know, people just aren't interested in that stuff anymore. It's so you think not. it's the whole, the whole like platform, the whole genre, the whole, uh, the whole medium is gonna is gonna disappear. I mean, the, the no, it's. I don't think the medium is gonna disappear, but I think it's gonna be. It's gonna have to be. They're gonna have to find a replacement for the whole the whole ten pole theme park ride type of movie, because what had happened is that cable television particularly but also the dvd market really made sort of the mid-level film unviable you know when you just go see a movie about lawyers or something or a murder mystery or something you don't see those kind of movies at that the cinemas anymore they right, that right. that because you're gonna watch that at home yeah. you're gonna watch that on netflix or something like that right 
so really what they all they had left because everything has been losing you wouldn't believe the amount of money that these movies have been losing you know i mean we're talking hundreds of millions right i heard a number that collectively hollywood lost a half a trillion dollars last year <laughs> okay 500 billion dollars um that's inconceivable to me i i you know how does that even happen but I mean, people like George Lucas and Steven Spielberg were talking about this 10, 15 years ago. They they were saying, no, it's the end is in sight. The end is in sight for, for movies, which had had been the primary um propaganda tool for the Empire and the New World Order, right? Um Top Gun. I remember one of your guys, Brian Adams. They they approached him to do the uh, theme song for the original Top Gun, and he said, "I'm not interested in becoming part of the advertising force for the United States military." It's like respect. And then they got Kenny Loggins who'll do anything. You know, well, anything I, yeah, I don't know, if Brian. I mean, Brian might not be so uh, respect. I don't know. I think he might have flipped in that regard. It was probably a calculated yes. move. But I mean, that's kind of where we—that's where the leftists were in the in those days. Like, like Chris said, mm-hmm. man, Chris, this is always fantastic. I can't believe we waited this long to have you on the show. We can't do this again. Um, you're definitely one of the favorite guests for the listeners. One of my favorite guests to listen to, and I feel like we could go on for hours and hours. So let's not wait so long next time. Where can people find all your stuff? Where where's the best place to to follow you? If you have any social media. And uh, the blog, obviously. Well, I'm uh, Secret Sun Speaks at Twitter. Uh, Secretsun.blogspot.com is the main blog. And that will point you to the Patreon. And there's a lot of tons and tons of material on the Patreon now. I do these kind of like three, four-hour live streams on different topics and so on. So, um, you know, it's pretty intensive. And then, you know, the book, the latest book is The Spandex Files, which is sort of me saying goodbye to superheroes and comics. And there's a lot. I mean, the first book, Our Gods with Spandex, was sort of about the comics. This book is more about the movies and the superhero culture and and how it died or how it was killed. But um, that's available through Amazon, Amazon Canada, and so on. So, um, and then in, in, like I said, in April, there'll be this synchromistic handbook, which I'm really excited about. What is, what is, what are you streaming on when you do those streams? What, where's it on? Is it on YouTube or? Uh, yeah, I do them on YouTube. Um, but you know, they're usually just for the members yeah. of, of the Patreon. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I do want to start doing more, you know, video material. Because I just have so much information, and you know how it is. People's oh, yeah. attention spans are just minuscule these days. Yeah, it's very difficult to sort of fight through the smog. So I, I think yeah. I need to st- start doing more bite-sized information. Yeah, you know, because I, I I have a knack for sort of putting a lot into a little. Yeah, yeah. so to speak. For like a TikTok reel, it's going to be on like a TikTok reel. 
Yeah. Oh gosh. It's hard. It's a lot of work to break all that shit up, though. That's the thing. I especially if you're you know by yourself without a team. <laughs> well, I I did a video. Um, I I I I think I've only done one short form video. I did a video on West Memphis Three. Um, and the argument that I was making is that those murders were actually druidic human sacrifices. Wow. And, and actually followed the traditional druidic sacrifice model so whoever did those murders and i sort of left it open it's like well just find out who was really into the druids who was reading a lot of books about druids back then and then you'll find your killers because there were certain details in the crime scenes that were straight out of a book called death of a druid prince that was released in paperback about a year before the murders was the is the satanic aspect of it like uh, a little bit there's of a no cover sa- then or something or yeah, like it's it's all yeah. like the satan part of the satanic panic where anything that looks a little occultish they just automatically go to satan yeah well see that that's what that's really that so called that guy Dale Griffiths who they got to um, testify and he he just didn't he didn't know what he was talking about he was just like throwing up some basically boilerplate satanic panic stuff yeah yeah yeah. that is just it was so it was so dumb that you know most reasonable people were like that was really stupid you know it no it was druidic um (laughs) and i would say almost orthodox druidic wow Uh, the the time the place the, the manner of the killings the way the bodies were presented it was all straight out of this book called Death of a Druid Prince. Have you ever thought about doing more into that satanic panic part and into that stuff? Or? Well, I see. Here's the thing. I mean, I get myself into a lot of trouble because that whole idea of satanic panic, I have a, a lot of trouble with. Because <laughs> what it assumes is that people were reacting completely um, irrationally when, in fact, Hollywood, starting in the middle 60s, was pumping out satanic movies, hundreds and hundreds of them. Uh, and then, you know, the ones we know about, like Rosemary's Baby and Exorcist and The Omen and and so on and so forth. Um, Satanism was in books, movies, comic books, I mean, music. It was even in porn. I mean, if you go back and look at how much material was was satanically themed, it, it's it's kind of shocking and the other problem is because we live in this world where history is constantly being rewritten to suit the needs of the regime um there's been a there was a particularly back in the 70s there was a ton of satanic murders satanically inspired murders or ritualistic murders and that stuff has all been swept under the rug so this whole idea that the satanic panic was just like people just like losing their minds, you know, some sort of moral panic is completely, to me, it's unfounded because people had a lot of lot of good reasons to worry about Satanism because it was being pushed. There were satanic cults that were active, you know, particularly in the 70s, and there were a lot of satanic murders. Um, there was, you know, just a couple examples. There were uh, satanic cults in massachusetts in the bridgewater triangle that were killing prostitutes and dumping their bodies and presenting them ritually and then there was a a gang in chicago called the chicago ripper crew that were kidnapping women off the street and killing them in satanic rituals i mean this is all known this is all 
this isn't like fantasy or conspiracy or something. It's it was all recorded in you know confessions and so on, the evidence. So this whole idea that that people were just freaking out about Satanism, oh my God, you know, like let's just get upset about something. It's 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 to me it's um, almost violently ahistorical. Huh. You know, yes, there was a satanic panic, and there was the media was, believe me, the media, the mass media, was feeding into a lot of this stuff. But there was a lot of Satanism and a lot of satanic crime that people were worried about. Um, Adam Walsh, right? America's Most Wanted, that TV show, uh, the guy, John Walsh, whose son was kidnapped and beheaded by a Satanist, who was it, who is friends with, uh, what's his name? The, the Henry, the Henry guy, the Henry's portrait of the serial killer guy. I mean, you know who I'm talking about. But there was a lot of satanic crime. And I would like to, do a book at some point, sort of puncturing that myth. Yeah, yeah. That, and it would yeah. probably be better as, as a as a video, actually, like a documentary. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because wow. without without like um <clears throat> supporting the actions of people like all these these uh fake ministers like Bob Larson, you know, with this televised exorcism and stuff, without sort of giving any credence to that nonsense, um there was I think there was you know, like I said, there was definite cons- reason to be concerned about Satanism back in the eighties. Yeah. So, yeah, right on. I tend to agree, Chris. Always a pleasure. I hope you have a wonderful night and come back anytime. I will see you on the Facebook and on the Twitter. Rock on, Darren. All Rock right. on, Graham. Thanks. Nice Great seeing see you. you guys. Take care. And that was a chat with the fabulous Chris Knowles. Man, he could just go and go and go. It's crazy. I don't know how people can uh hold that much like i could go and go and go too by but you know by the time i get to like 40 it's all minutes, speculation I'm though I mean. <laughs> and speculation and i'm yeah. probably like contradicting something i said earlier did you see the ethical skeptic in there um when he was talking about the u.s navy he's like that's it and he was like the missile defense uh thingamajiggy and and uh, he was chris was right on about the navy so i mean and chris had the ethical skeptic skeptic like uh confirming some of the stuff he was talking about. So maybe he should do the geopolitical stuff a little bit more. I mean, I didn't expect it to go there, but wow. I didn't expect the ethical skeptic to watch a show, but (laughs) appreciate it. Um, I think that's it. Big thanks to Chris for coming on the show. Big thanks to you guys for listening. Listen, guys, I got to say, we need some support. We need more support. Some of you guys do great. Uh, Most of you don't. It's about 1% support. Give or take, could be less. It could be less than 1%. So uh, it'd be nice to get that number up to two. You know, a buck ain't much to ask for the show if you guys like it. I think a lot of people seem to like it. The downloads, there's lots of people downloading it. There's lots of people commenting. So, you know, if you could just, just throw five bucks, 10 bucks, a buck a, buck a week, a buck, a, or you can't do weekly. You can do monthly, though, a buck a month. You know, it, it's time to support the show, guys. If you're getting some value. Help us beat the attrition rate. I mean, help us beat the the, the weird algorithm rate. that like drops Stripe and PayPal like, people yeah. away from us. Like, yeah, just so help just, us beat know, that. Like, hit that shit so up, we can man. maintain the show. That's, if you're getting some value from the show, it's time to send some value back our way. It's never been more important. Gramerica.ca slash support. Uh, GramericaOutlaw.ca if you want to check out our other podcasts. If you support us there, that counts. 
Uh, adultbrain.ca, if you're into the audiobooks, if you support us there, that counts too. So if you know, check those out. Let us know what you think. Other than that, we love you guys. Oh, grammarica.ca slash chats. No, join that shit. Make Kansas. Yeah, we got happen. a little telegram there. It's kind of like a chat group. I mean, we oh, everybody no, no, comments telegram on it. Next to the chats. Now Kansas was happy. Now he's not. But there is a telegram too. It's like T slash me slash Grammarica, however that shit works. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. Teach me all your secrets to get a good handle on a better way to live. How does one get out of bed every day in the throes of the apocalypse? Should I bury my head in the sand or sabotage their evil plan? I feel really trapped. An ant burned by a magnifying glass. It's all a little bit too convenient. All the evidence went up in flames. Phonies, fraudsters, scammers belong in the slammer. My friend best give up their names. Should I call on militia man? Or pass out a petition pen? I feel really trapped. An ant burned by a magnifying glass. I don't know what y'all been told, but I got a soul made out of gold. Sound off, one, two, sound off, three, four, cadence count, one, two, a three, four. Some time ago, a crazy dream came to me. I dreamt I was walking into World War III. As prophetic as humanity, as aching bones, as frantic animals. Sophia wrote it down, built an ark, now she floats it down the river in the dark. As prophetic as deja vu, as wormwood, as falling stars above. Sophia wrote it down, built an ark, now she floats it down a river dark. I can't even hear my own thoughts for the life of me over the din of a bruised and broken culture. The media spins and splatters and spins and clatters and I cringe because it's psychological warfare. Don't you feel yourself getting really mad? How did we let it get this bad? Don't you feel really trapped like a brain in a vet? to close Pandora's box but sirens are singing me off a cliff I'm looking to hitchhike to Shangri-La over yonder Sophia would you give me a lift hopped out of the Hegelian rebellion say goodbye to all you Machiavellians let evil destroy itself I'm bound for Shangri-La Shangri-La My dream if I could be in yours As prophetic As morning doves As groundhogs As fallen stars above Sophia wrote it down Built an ark Now we're floating it down A river dark As prophetic As white wolves As butterflies 
Sophia sings it now We built a plane, now we're taking flight above a river bright Shangri-La, la 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 Shangri-La.